Hello and good day to all of you, whenever and wherever you are. This is the Whiskey Reporter Podcast, Episode 2. I am your host, Steve Kerr. I'm excited to get started about this episode. I think it's going to be very fun and educational. And if you haven't already noticed, based off the episode's title, today we're going to be spotlighting the Uncle Nearest Distillery. And from there, we're going to go over the tasting notes of their 1856 and 1884 expressions before getting into the whiskey tip for the week and finally wrapping up with some whiskey news. But before I go into any detail about the Uncle Nearest Distillery, I want to first mention how I came across the brand. Now, if you drink whiskey long enough, you're bound to make some new friends who are just as enamored with the spirit as you are, perhaps even more so with some of the encounters I've had. Now, one friend of note, about a year ago, gave me a three-ounce sample that had the label Uncle Nearest 1856. Now, knowing this friend of mine, who's an accomplished whiskey drinker in his own right, I know that he wouldn't give me something to sample if he didn't think it wasn't any good. That's just not who he is. But there are friends like that, you know, you all know who they are, who just want to get that lesser grade whiskey off their shelves, and so they give it away as samples, hoping that you or the recipient doesn't know any better. But not this friend. So I took a sample of it home, and I tried it. I'm, to be honest, I remember liking it, but there were other whiskeys he had given me to try, so I kind of quickly forgot about it. Two months later, out of the blue, he shows up with some more samples. And I happened to notice that the Uncle Nearest 1856 was in there again. So when I had another moment, I sat down, I sampled it again. But this time, I liked it even more. And so I called him up to discuss it with him. One, I wanted to remind him that he had given me a second sample of it. And two, that it was also damn good. And he said something to me of the effect of, yeah, Steve, I know it's damn good. And you didn't say anything to me about it the first time. So that's why I gave it to you again. And I'm glad that he did. Because this then led me to go out and buy a bottle of my own. And now I'm the one sharing samples of this fine whiskey with other friends who don't yet know the Uncle Nearest name. So sometimes, you see, it's, it's a bit funny how you stumble across things. And you're going to have that happen, especially as you're going out and, and sampling other whiskeys. But this one, this time, was like my friend hitting me over the head with it, saying, you're really going to enjoy this. And so I have. And so with that, let's talk a little bit about the Uncle Nearest Distillery. Headlined as the greatest whiskey maker the world never knew, Uncle Nearest Distillery is named after the legacy of Nearest Green, the first known African-American master distiller who produced some of the finest whiskey to ever come out of Tennessee. His given name was Nathan Green, thought to be born in Maryland around 1820, and in the mid-1800s he began to work on the farm of a preacher as a slave and later as a free man who operated a side business distilling whiskey. Nearest became his distiller and thus gave birth to Tennessee whiskey, perfecting a technique of filtering his whiskey through charcoal made from sugar maple trees, later dubbed the Lincoln County process, which was no doubt passed down to Nearest from West Africa, where people would filter their water through charcoal to purify it. This process for making whiskey would go on to distinguish Tennessee whiskey from Kentucky bourbon. Now, while working on the farm, Nearest eventually befriended a young boy. And 
they forged a lifelong friendship, and Nearest taught him everything he knew about distilling. And that young boy grew up to be a very successful entrepreneur in whiskey in his own right. You know him, I know him, as Jack Daniel. Now, after remaining hidden for more than 160 years, the world is finally being reacquainted with the name Nearest Green. Uncle Nearest Incorporated launched its whiskey brand back in July of 2017. The distillery is located at Sand Creek Farms in Shelbyville, Tennessee, and currently they produce three variations of their brand, the 1820 Single Barrel Edition, aged a minimum of 11 years, with a cast strength above 108. That's a heavy hitter. The 1856 Premium Aged Whiskey is a blend of whiskeys ranging in age from 8 to 14 years, and their 1884 Small Batch is bottled at at 46.5%. Now, the nearest brand has already earned 85 awards in 2020 alone, including double gold at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition, 2020 Best in Class at the World Whiskey Awards, and the 2020 Gold Medal American Whiskey Masters. Now, friends, I want you to keep in mind that this distillery is still in its infancy, as the brand has only been around for just over three years. And... So, as a result, they've been contract distilling at Tennessee Distilling Group in Columbia, Tennessee, until they can begin to market their house production of whiskeys, which hopefully, for all of our benefits, won't be too many years down the road. Now, it takes time. It takes time to produce a good spirit. I know that. And if the three that they have out now come anywhere near to the quality of their in-house whiskeys, then I think we're all in for a big treat. And so, with that, I think we've provided a nice little bio about the Uncle Nearest Distillery. It's time for us to have some fun and go into some depth about the tasting notes of their 1884 and 1856. But just a word of caution, I'm not going to be scoring these whiskeys that I taste. That said, I'll let you know if I think it's a quality whiskey or not, and what it should be used for, but I'm not going to give it a numbered score for the reason being, tasting whiskey is a very subjective thing. What I'm trying to do is give you its features and tasting notes so that you can then make an informed decision on those notes and match them up to what you like in a whiskey. Ultimately, these tastings are for you. I already know what I like. (laughs) I like just about all of them. But seriously, part of the adventure, part of the fun, is discovering new whiskeys based off your preferences. You can buy them and score them at home if you want to. I do it. I'm just not going to do it for this show. And so with that, the first whiskey we're going to be featuring the tasting notes on, excuse me, is the 1884 Small Batch. Bottled at 46.5%, the 1884 Small Batch offering whiskey is aged a minimum of seven years in new charred oak barrels. It has a mash bill of at least 51% corn and is drawn from barrels that were personally selected by the distillery co-founder, Fawn Weaver. This 1884 small batch recently won the 2020 gold medal at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. So what about its color? Well, it's got a deep golden amber color to it. On the nose, especially if you swirled around a few times in your glass, you'll get spiced butter and honey, Christmas cookies, sweet maple, 
some ginger, allspice, and a touch of nutmeg. On the palate, it comes out as, as being slightly harsh and robust at first, with some elements of candy corn, agave sweetness, slightly nutty and woody, and rounds out with a hint of buttery spice on the back end. Its finish is warm and spicy, with a bit of charred oak aftertaste that fades after about five to six seconds, leaving a remnant of vanilla in the throat, and then after that, it vanishes. The 1884 is a very nice sipper whiskey that will warm the palate on any chilly day. It pairs well with apple pie or peach pie, sugar cookies or spiced cake. You can also employ it as a mixer for any of your favorite cocktails. Priced at just under 50 US dollars, I think I, I snagged my bottle for about 45 US dollars at my local store. So go out there and, and, and pick one up if you can. Now, let's go on to the 1856. The 1856 Premium Age Whiskey is a blend of whiskeys that range between the age of 8 to 14 years. Bottled at 50%, it's maple charcoal filtered and aged in charred oak barrels. This whiskey in particular pays homage to the legacy of Nearest Green. Like the 1884 Small Batch, the 1856 won gold last year at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Its color is a little bit darker than the 1884. I would call it a deep copper. On the nose, I get sweet maple, caramel corn, apricot, soft fruit, brown sugar, dried hay, a hint of sage. I could I could nose this for you know for the better part of of the day. It's it's got a wonderful nose to it. Now on the palate, spiced caramel corn comes out of the gate, followed by maple, sweet charcoal, raisins, fig, buttery brown sugar, spice cake. It's, it just envelops you with a whole mouthful of spice. On the finish, it's spicy. You get charred oak. Hints of vanilla and caramel corn lingers for a few seconds before giving way to the charred oak. And then it slowly disappears out of the back of the throat. The 1856, for my, for my money, is a whiskey of real quality. I'd sip it neat or perhaps on the rocks if you were so inclined but I wouldn't diminish its character by mixing it into a cocktail. A bottle of the 1856 goes for about 55 US dollars and will make a great addition to any whiskey library or bar collection. So I hope you've enjoyed our first tasting of the show. Um, hopefully there are going to be plenty more to, to, to follow as we go on and we try out and, and, and discuss other distilleries from around the world. Um, I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. Hopefully you will too. Now on to our next segment, our whiskey tip for the week. For our first tip, now I'm going to keep it pretty basic. All of you out there listening, you already have your preferences for how you like your whiskey, and that's fine. You should be able to enjoy it however you like. But with that, I want to discuss the proper glass, glassware for when you're going to do a proper tasting. Perhaps it's a new whiskey you're trying out for the first time, or a go-to whiskey you're very fond of. The glass that you use actually makes an incredible difference in the taste and experience. So what should you look for in a glass? Well, you want one that's typically fashioned out of the Glencairn mold. Not that you have to go out and buy a Glencairn glass, but you want a glass that has certain features. 
such as a tapered mouth, to properly smell the whiskey, with a bowl at its base so that you give the whiskey a couple gentle swirls and the aromas come up through the tapered neck and into your nostrils. So in general, a tulip-shaped glass will do the trick just fine. There are ones with stems and without stems. It's totally your preference. Not that you can't drink your whiskey out of another type of glass, but for proper tastings, this is what I recommend you use. Okay, so there you go. A very basic whiskey tip for our first whiskey tip of the show. Now on to our show's next segment. It's time for some whiskey news. Well, in whiskey news, the Arbeg Distillery just announced it's planning a committee release for the spring of 2021 in tribute to their legendary master distiller and committee chairman, Mickey Heads, who's leaving the distillery after 13 years in charge. It's being lauded as a treasure fit for even the saltiest of sea dogs, wholly matured in ex-rye cask for you rye whiskey fans, and boasts a 51.8% ABV. Look for this special release under its unique pirate name, Ardbeg Committee Release Single Malt later this spring. Now, if you're looking for a Valentine's gift for that special bourbon whiskey lover of yours, you might want to check out the Valentine's gift basket that Blanton's is currently promoting on their, on their website. The gift set includes Blanton's chocolate truffles, Blanton's coffee, their almond brittle, their unique barrel-aged honey, and a tote bag. I have a feeling that these will sell fast, so grab them before they're gone. Mitchell and Son just recently announced that after a 56-year absence, it will be reintroducing the Blue Spot label to accompany the already widely popular Green, Yellow, and Red Spot lineup. The Blue Spot is a 7-year-old cast-strength Irish whiskey bottled at a mouth-watering 58.7%. In other news, fans of Old Pulteney and Balblair that live in the United States should see more of those bottles hitting the shelves this winter and spring, as their new importer, Hoteling, a San Francisco-based company, plans to market the two renowned Scots whiskey brands to the United States over the coming years. High West Distillery has announced that its Boorai is back on the shelves, although in very limited quantity. So if you're fortunate enough to spot this limited-sided whiskey, grab it before it hops away. Okay, I think that's going to do it for the news for this week and for our show. Remember, if you want to reach out to me, I can be reached at the email address thewhiskeyreporter at gmail.com, or you can find me on social media. Remember to spread the word to your friends about the show and to make sure you tune in next Friday for a brand new episode. I hope that you found this show to be informative and fun, and I look forward to being with you again next week. Remember, if you're going to imbibe, don't drink and drive. Please enjoy your whiskey responsibly. I'm Steve Kerr, and you've been listening to The Whiskey Reporter. Cheers.